Welcome to the Cowboys Beat audio podcast, streaming live on the Cowboys Beat Podcast Network, where we talk about everything related to America's team. Prescott got a carry. And reach, flip, sets up first and goal at the... Hosted by none other than Chris K. Third and seven, blitz coming, Prescott in trouble, lofting it to the corner. You may know him from his work on TikTok, but now he's taking over the podcasting world. We're not here just to take part, we're here to take over. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Yo, welcome to the Cowboys Beat Podcast for June 30th, 2023. On today's episode, we have RJ Achewa joining the podcast. We had a very fun discussion, and we're also going to go over the contracts for Trayvon Diggs, Terrence Steele, Doc Prescott, and CeeDee Lamb before we get into the RJ Achewa interview. But if you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe to the YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit that like button. If you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Make sure to uh, leave a review. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. And let's get into it. Let's go over the contract situation for the four players that we discussed. CeeDee Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, Doc Prescott, and Terrence Steele. So to me, they got to get these deals done before the season starts, especially Trayvon Diggs and Terrence Steele. I'm all for paying Trayvon Diggs. This is a guy that absolutely deserves to get paid. When you look at this guy, he has very high character. That's something that's important when you're signing somebody or when you're re-signing somebody. He has potential. There's still room to grow as a player. He's been productive. Check, check, check. To me, there's no doubt about it. They have to re-sign Trayvon Diggs. He's been a very good player for this team. He's been a very good player for this locker room. This is a guy that does play a position where the market is in a little bit of flux. You know what I'm saying? There's not necessarily uh, you know, a defined market for the cornerback position. I think the last big contract that the cornerback position had was the Denzel Ward. So that's going to be a little bit difficult to negotiate for the Cowboys. I still think they can get it done if they want to. This is a guy 100% that they have to re-sign. Look, the Cowboys are not good at drafting corners. Do not get it twisted. They did a good job drafting Trayvon Diggs. They did a good job drafting Deron Bland. Other than that, it's been a while since they drafted a good corner. Let's just keep it real. And Trayvon Diggs is one of the 10 best corners in football. And especially when you look at how good the cornerback position is in football right now, no doubt about it, this guy deserves to be re-signed by the Cowboys. You're not going to find a guy like this. He is a very crucial part to this defense, to this football team, to this locker room. Very high character guy. And not only that, the price is only going to go up. The price is only going to go up. You're going to end up paying this guy regardless Try to get the the deal done before somebody resets the market. Because you're going to have Patrick Sertan coming down the uh, the pipeline. There's no way that Patrick Sertan can get a contract before Trayvon Diggs. Because then you're going to be paying Trayvon Diggs way more money than you would be if you just got the deal done this offseason. So... That's the the key thing here. You're going to end up re-signing these guys regardless, unless you end up moving on from them, which would just not be smart. This guy is a key part to your football team. You have a culture built around a, a certain group of guys, and that's the quarterback, that's the wide receiver, that's the cornerback, and that's, uh, I already said cornerback, and that's the edge rusher. So all your positions are, 
are are settled there, right? Quarterback, wide receiver, edge rusher, cornerback. You have all the premium positions covered. Pay these guys because this is a good group of guys to build around. They're very talented. They're young, high character guys, high potential guys. No doubt about it, they have to re-sign Trayvon Diggs. And when it comes to Terrence Steele, that's another guy. The prices are only going to go up for this guy. It's only going to go up. You're not going to get Terrence Steele at a better price than you're going to get him right now. He's coming off an injury. There's more of a a chance that you're going to be able to get a good price on Terrence Steele this offseason. I think that they should have re-signed him last offseason. After you saw the potential that he showed uh, you know, in the first few games of the season last year when he was playing for Lyle Collins, they should have re-signed him then because you were going to get him for a really good price. You probably could have got him for 4 to $5 million per year. You could have given him a three-year contract. But, you know, if he comes in here and has a really good year this upcoming year, you're going to be looking in the range of 13 to $16 million per year. You know, if Terrence Steele keeps up this level of play, now, if you were to re-sign him, you might be able to get him for under $10 million a year coming off that injury. I'm not an expert when it comes to the salary cap, but I would assume that you're going to be less valuable coming off an ACL tear uh, you know, compared to after you've proven that you can do it uh, coming off that ACL tear. And ACL tears for linemen are completely different than ACL tears for, let's just say, a receiver, right? Because you're asking your body to do a different thing as an offensive lineman compared to as a wide receiver. Because if you're a wide receiver and you're coming off an ACL tear, let's just say like a Michael Gallup, because I know people are going to be afraid to pay Terrence Steele, uh, you know, because he is coming off the same injury that Michael Gallup's coming off of. Michael Gallup's a receiver. So you're doing more with your knees as a receiver compared to as an offensive lineman. So that's the difference between the two. And that's why I think that Terrence Steele is going to come back and I think he's going to be fine for this team. So get the deal out of the way because you're going to end up paying this guy. You know, this is a guy who has improved, just like we're talking about Trayvon Diggs. He's a guy that has improved every year he's been in the league. He's a hard worker. He's a tone setter. He's a culture setter, just like, you know, all the other guys that we've talked about. He's the type of guy you want in your locker room. And you want to know why this is the type of guy you want in your locker room? He's an undrafted free agent. So guys are going to come in and look at Terrence Steele and they're going to say, I could be this. If I bust my tail and I'm in the uh, the weight room, the film room, I'm training in the offseason, you know, I'm, I'm going the extra mile. Even as an undrafted free agent, this organization can pay me. That's 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 a great thing. That's a great thing. You want that to be the case. You want people, you want Terrence Steele to lead by example. You want undrafted free agents or late round picks to come in here and say, that could be me. I have proof that somebody can do this. So yeah, you have to, you have to resign Terrence Steele. Again, the price is only going to go up. This is a guy that you want to build your offensive line around for years to come. I mean, do not forget that Terrence Steele and Zach Martin were a fantastic combo on the right side of your offensive line. One of the best combos in the entire league on, on, on the right side. You know, this is how good they were. So, again, get the deal done. It, it, it's got to get done, that deal. Um, CeeDee Lamb, I think, is going to be the easiest to get done. 
You know, there are parameters in which receivers are getting paid. Again, though, the price is only going to go up. These receivers aren't just going to stop getting paid. You know, Justin Jefferson is going to get a huge contract. And you don't want, you know, you don't want to look at that market and say, oh, you know, we're going to have to pay CDOM maybe over $30 million a year, you know, because Justin Jefferson is going to reset the market because he's like that. I mean, Justin Jefferson's one of the best receivers that I've ever seen play the game. And maybe the Cowboys would tell CeeDee Lamb, like, hey, look, you're not, you're not him. Like, you're a great, you're a great receiver, but you're not Justin Jefferson. You know, so maybe something like that could come into play if, you know, CeeDee Lamb's side tries to negotiate a deal that would be comparable to Justin Jefferson. Uh, you know, if Justin Jefferson does get his deal done first, but which is why the Cowboys should get out in front of it. You're not like, so here's the thing. If you, if you re-sign these guys, it doesn't affect your, your cap for this upcoming season. You know what I'm saying? It would affect your cap the following season. So CD Lamb's number would hit you the following year. So not this upcoming year, it'd be the following year. So you could, you could sign all these guys. And then the big one is Dak Prescott. That's where you're going to get most of your cap space. I mean, I think the number for Dak Prescott in the 24-25 season is $60 million a year. Yeah, you're going to have to you're going to have to extend him. You're, you're going to have to extend him and kick that that uh, uh big number down the line because you cannot have a uh, a player on your team making $60 million a year. Dak deserves to be re-signed. This is a guy that's come in, been a consummate uh, professional ever since he's come in as a rookie. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You might not like the guy, but he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You can win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott as your quarterback. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Um, and, and I mean, when you look at it, I, I don't know why people would want a quarterback making $60 million a year next season. Like, I, I don't know why any fan would want that, you know? So Doc's got to get extended. I mean, it's going to happen. It's just the matter of when, not a matter of if, you know, Stephen Jones was talking about it and he was saying, you know, they expect one day that they're just going to wake up and the deal is going to be done. I kind of expect the same thing to be the case, you know, and it's another situation. The quarterback market isn't going to go down. These numbers aren't going down. The salary cap is going to rise. You know, the thing is with when it comes to Dak Prescott's negotiation is I don't think that they're afraid of the, you know, that $50 million a year number. I think that they believe that Dak Prescott is that type of guy. I believe it too. I, I believe it as well. But, you know, it comes down to the years, right? That was the big difference with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott the first time around when it came to negotiations. It was the 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 amount of years that was on, that were on the contract that the Cowboys didn't really like, right? Like they wanted to sign him to a 6-year contract, but the Cowboys or Dak Prescott side wanted a 4-year contract so they can get back to the negotiating table earlier. And it worked for them. It worked for them cuz now look, Dak's back at the negotiating table. So, you know, I think that that's going to be the difference between the two. I don't think it's going to be a money thing. I mean, look, you know, again, the quarterback market is defined. We see it. You know, Lamar Jackson got paid $52 million. I don't, uh, $52 million a year. I don't care what anybody says. 
Dak Prescott's a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. Than Lamar Jackson. You can bring up that MVP season. Other than the fact that Lamar Jackson won an MVP, Dak has been the more accomplished quarterback. When you want to go to team success, individual success, Dak's been the better quarterback. So if Lamar, if people are clamoring for Lamar Jackson to get paid, Dak Prescott deserves to get paid because he's just a better quarterback of the two. All right, I know what you guys really came here for. That is the RJ Ochoa interview. Let's get into it. Joining me today, I have RJ Ochoa. He runs things over at Blogging the Boys. RJ Ochoa, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I did not know that I was uh, joining somebody who was a fan of Tory Pines, like I am. Uh, I, I think I can't totally tell. Um, I'm a little far yeah. away from uh, from your halves, it, but uh, if so, excellent choice. Yeah, no, I know. You want to know what I played there back in October when uh, Dallas played Los Angeles in uh, at SoFi. So that following day, I went to Torrey Pines. So it was a lot better that they got the win uh, because if they would have lost that game, I think my round would have been ruined before I even stepped on the course. So yeah, beautiful, beautiful course. That's awesome. I have a, a flag from the U.S. Open. My wife uh, was there for work and she brought me that. So um, you've been, my wife has been, everybody uh, in my uh, closest circle has been except for me. So uh, thanks for rubbing it in my face, but I hope it was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, hopefully you get out there uh, pretty soon. It's 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 good to know that you're uh, a fellow golf fan like myself. I saw some pictures on your Instagram of uh, uh, you at some golf courses. So yeah, definitely, definitely a great sport. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I played the other day, um, took some time away in the middle of the week, played with my dad and, uh, you know, shot at 92. Um, not, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, somebody who's out here like a single digit handicap or anything like that. Um, my wife and I have an 18 month old. And so I haven't gotten out on the course in the last year and a half all too much, but, uh, so to, to walk out of bed and, uh, and, you know, break 95 felt like a big accomplishment. Oh yeah. You want to know what I played? Uh, I think it was the last two Sundays ago and I've, I barely played at all, uh, as well. And I, I got rather intoxicated, intoxicated the night before. And I went out there on the course next morning and, for some reason, my drives were going straight. I did not expect that to be the case. Sometimes that's what it takes. Um, so um, good job. Um, and now you know the winning formula, I guess. Uh, so you have to do that every time. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So uh, let's get into it here. What are your expectations for the Cowboys going into this season? You know, I'm, I'm scared to say that they're the – contend to compete right i think you know i know you create a lot of content about the cowboys i think it's it's fair to ultimately land um on on a take that they're the third best team in the nfc right you know depending on on your hierarchy of afc teams you know that makes them the fifth or sixth best team in the nfl and i think that that conversation around you know where their quarterback ranks is really similar i think their head coach is probably a little bit disrespected i think you and i both agree on that i think you know mike mccarthy's just an easy punching bag and, and some low-hanging fruit for a lot of people to kind of pick on um, but you know, this is a team that, that hasn't been to the playoffs in, in three straight years in, in, in 30 years. I mean, you know, this is it. And, and they actually haven't even had an opportunity to do that in 15 years. So, um, in, in our lifetimes, you and I, th this is not a common thing for them to be consistently good. And I, I recognize that that's a, a low bar and that people say that they say, Oh man, you know, this how sad the Cowboys used to be about winning Super Bowls and look, whatever, like we, we don't have to relitigate what life was like in the 70s and the 90s and things like that but so my expectation is to contend that's what Mike McCarthy has done he's turned this into a team that is is there year in and year out 
And odds are that that if you're a team who's kind of hanging out in the tournament every single year, that at some point fate is going to smile upon you. Um, and so I, I expect them to, you know, maybe win the division, right? It's a division that hasn't had a repeat champion since 2004. So that's working to their benefit. I think there's going to be some regression for the Eagles and, and certainly regression for the Cowboys, both in, in positive and negative ways. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, depending on where you look, their over-under is like nine and a half, which I think is silly. Um, probably going to win somewhere around 10, 11 games, maybe 12 again, if they're lucky, kind of depending on some fluky stuff um, and, and, and be there, be in the mix and then hope that, you know, that nobody gets hurt and, and that everything works out in January. Yeah, no, I would 100% agree with you. And when it comes to regular season wins, to me, as long as you can at least win the division or be that number one wild card team, I think I'm fine with that in terms of regular season success. To me, I think that the floor for this team is the divisional round. That's what we should expect from this team. Like, Because I looked at last year as a success because they went further than the year before. So that to me is really the floor. And then the ceiling, I think for this team, realistically, they could win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they will, but they're definitely one of those teams that you look at and you say, hey, they have a chance. And I 100% agree with everything that you said about Mike McCarthy. You know, this is a team that missed the playoffs three years uh, in a row prior to making it back in 2022. And just off that alone, that was a step forward getting into the playoffs and then getting around further in the playoffs is a success. Now we have higher expectations than just the divisional round, but that is the floor to me. Yeah. And I mean, look, People act like because the Cowboys haven't won the Super Bowl that that they're this loser franchise. I mean, they they've been close, right? Like we we both painfully know that we both have have some some deep you know sports scars because of that. Um, but you know, to, to kind of come back to the the point of the question, I mean, th this is why Mike McCarthy was hired, right? To to make the floor the divisional round, right? And it felt like that was the ceiling before, you know, in in the Jason Garrett era. All due respect to him. Um, so yeah, I mean, people ask all the time, like. Well, you know, if they don't make the NFC Championship game, should they fire Mike McCarthy? And, and my response is always like, well, well, how did they miss it, right? Like, did they miss it because of of a weird call? Did they miss it because you know a last second field goal like clanged off the upright because of you know did they get blown out? Did did they make it because they had a weird call? Did they have a, a call that worked out their way that everybody thought was stupid or was wrong? I mean, there's a lot of necessary context, and, and they're the Cowboys, and and because they are, you and I can can create content and 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 kind of figure things out, you know, that that work that way. Um, but you know, it's, it's hard to kind of, you know, set a bar that they have to reach, but, um, but that's what they've done. I mean, I, I think that, you know, Mike McCarthy deserves credit for the expectations being higher. Um, they, they have, look, they have a, a stable franchise quarterback. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. However you want to rank him. Like I said, if you think he's sixth or seventh or eighth or whatever, if you have one of those dudes and the best defensive player in the NFL, arguably the second at, at worst. Uh, and one of the top 10 receivers in the NFL, and one of the most explosive running backs in the NFL, and one of the best corners in the NFL, and all these other complimentary pieces, the best defensive coordinator, best defensive play caller, an aggressive you know, head coach on offense. If you have all these things, it has to happen. So like th that's when I talk myself into the expectations have to be more. 
and and I also talked myself into that because this this is why McCarthy was hired, right? Like, hey, dude, we've been to the divisional round, right? Like, we've been there a lot of different times. Des caught it, you know that, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, we haven't been to this spot. You have to take us to this spot, and I think we're all willing to give McCarthy a, a pass for 2020 for a number of reasons. 2021 is impressive. 2022, to your point, they took another step. Now it's time for that next step. And I, I really do expect, you know, at the very least to not fold the same way. You can't get bullied by a team who can run you into the ground, whether it's San Francisco or Philadelphia. I expect that to be different. And I, I hope so, you know, that it will be. I think the drafting of Mossy Smith is emblematic of that idea. Uh, but you, you've got to get tougher. They talked about last year. We want to get some glass eaters. We don't want to be soft. Okay, don't be soft. Don't, don't go out there and, and be bullies, but you can't be soft anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, I 100% agree with pretty much everything you said there, especially the Mike McCarthy point, because I've been saying the same thing. You know, I think it's unfair to say, well, if he doesn't reach this, he should be fired. There does need to be context surrounded by that. And I would say this year is was way more impressive than what they did in 2021, just outside of the fact that they got further in the playoffs. Like this is a team that took step forward, uh, you know, a, a big step forward in my personal opinion because they lost key pieces of their team and they lose their quarterback for five games. They lose their left tackle uh, before the season even starts. They suffered a, a, a number of injuries throughout the course of the season and yet they were still at the same result regular season wise and even got further in the playoffs. Yeah, and they had some self-induced mistakes, right? Like, we, we remember the Amari Cooper trade, but the Randy Gregory thing blew up in their face, and they did, you know, kind of claw themselves out of that hole. They cut Lyle Collins, and, you know, while they obviously knew a lot and they were right, that was a risky thing to do, like, on, on paper. And they were proven right, and they got lucky, right? They got lucky that Tyler Smith saved them. They got lucky that Jason Peters was available uh, and that he was a team player, that he would play right tackle. They got lucky with a lot of things, but a lot of teams get lucky. And, and to your point... Um, you know, I think people would say last year was impressive because they won a playoff game. To me, the most impressive thing they did last year, to your point, they went four and one without their franchise quarterback. That never happens. Like if, if you have followed the Cowboys this century, if the franchise quarterback goes down, they are doomed. They do not have a competent enough coaching staff to survive that. And I don't think that McCarthy got enough credit for, I know they didn't make the playoffs, but they didn't collapse in 2020 when Dak Prescott got injured. They didn't even collapse when Andy Dalton got injured. I mean, Mike McCarthy is a coach who is willing to roll up his sleeves and kind of figure things out. And has he won the Super Bowl? No, not with the Cowboys, at least. But he has proven that the, the things that have plagued Cowboys coaches and Cowboys teams in the past that he is better than. And to our collective point, he doesn't get enough credit for that. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Um, so going on to the next uh, topic here. Who would you say, uh, what would you say was the best move that the Cowboys made this offseason? I mean, I think it's, you know, if, if you have something that isn't the the Gilmore, or the Cooks trade, I mean, I feel like that's really reaching. It has to be one of those two things. Um, and the, they're they're great for different reasons. I love the, the Gilmore trade because it, it kind of enhances the strength. It enhances Trayvon Diggs. It helps his development. I also loved it because, and I was... Like, obviously, I'm aware of who Stefan Gilmore is and you know, he's got all these you know career accomplishments. But when they traded for him, I was kind of shocked at how many Cowboys players were like freaking out at, at this like living late. I mean, again, I, I thought Stefan Gilmore was a good player, but they were they were acting like this was like the guy. And I, I didn't realize that that was how they viewed him. And so I think that's valuable um, when, when the Cowboys signed Gerald McCoy in that 2020 season. 
at the time, I compared that to the Green Bay Packers signing Darren Woodson in the Mike McCarthy era. Kind of this dude who had been there, who had done that, who had seen things in the NFL. Um, and you kind of needed that that big brother in the locker room. And obviously, Joe McCoy never played, and that was unfortunate. But I do see Stephon Gilmore as that, right? Like, he's done these things. He, he's been to these places. Like, he's been to conference championships. He has a defensive player of the year. Like, I do think that's a valuable thing for these young defensive superstars, or, and not even superstars, but valuable players, like, down down the roster, like J. Ron Curse or Donovan Wilson or Leighton Vander Esch or whatever. Um, but, you know, the Brandon Cooks thing, I think I have to pick. Uh, because that's the admission of failure, right? Like they they took forever to admit that they were wrong on the Amari thing. They piddled around with Odell and they brought in T.Y. And, you know, he had the one catch that we will remember forever, but that was kind of it. Um, and so they were desperate and they finally did something. And I, I don't think that the NFL world remembers how great of a deep ball Dak Prescott throws. In, in 2018, 2019, when he really started to kind of first connect with Michael Gallup, that was his thing. Um, you know, we've talked about the 2020 season a lot. That Seattle game, it was like 199 or whatever it was. I mean, Michael Gallup dominated that game from a deep perspective because of who Dak Prescott is as a deep passer. And a lot of things have happened since then. Injuries and, you know, the COVID season and injuries to both Dak and the Gallup and play calling and things like that. And Amari being traded and all sorts of different things. And I feel like he hasn't really had that. But now you really give, he's not Deshaun Jackson, he's not Will Fuller, but you give Dak that element. So you, you give this offense that. I mean, Mike McCarthy, like everybody, and I know you know this, everybody harped on what he said at the combine about how they wanted to run the ball, and everybody just latched onto that, and, and still people refused to let that go. But literally one week later, they traded for Brandon Cooks. So literally one week after McCarthy was like, we want to run the ball, they traded for this dude who's going to unlock the deepest part of their offense. But nobody wants to pay attention to that. So to me, uh, it's Brandon Cooks because I partly think that it's hiding in plain sight a bit. Oh, yeah, certainly. And Well, you know, with them, it's – it's uh, uh... What do they say? Uh, actions speak louder than words until it, it comes to the Cowboys. Um, but I would agree with you, though. I think that Brandon Cooks was the best addition for this team this offseason. And the reason why I say that is because I think that the Cowboys could have lived without Stefan Gilmore. It's a great addition. It's a much-needed addition. But I do think that they have guys that would be able to slip into that you know, sure. boundary corner number two role, you know, opposite of Trayvon Diggs. More so, you know, Deron Bland, I think, could definitely be a guy for them. And then, you know, you could kind of flip-flop in that nickel corner role with Izzy and Jordan Lewis. And 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 you'd be you'd be fine. Mm -hmm. But you know, the Stefan Gilmore addition really takes that defense to the next level. I'm gonna say Brandon Cooks, and the reason why I'm gonna say Brandon Cooks is because I think that that was a much more needed addition to this roster. I think that you needed to get a receiver uh, opposite of CD Lamb more than you needed to get a corner opposite of Trayvon Diggs. Because, like I said, you already have guys that could fill in for that role uh, if you didn't end up getting Stephon Gilmore. With Brandon Cooks, you're looking at Michael Gallup, who, you know, I think that Michael Gallup will be better than he was last season, but is that good enough to be a legit number two receiver in the NFL? I'm not sure. But you bring in a guy like Brandon Cooks, and the one thing that you know you're going to get from this guy is consistency. You're going to get production. You're going to get a professional. And that's the reason why I love that trade so much. You know, they they stopped trying to take risks in terms of replacing Amari Cooper, and they just got a sure thing with Brandon Cooks. And they didn't spend much to go get him either. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Um, they raised the floor a lot more with the Cooks trade than they did the the Gilmore trade, and and I think that's that's what matters the most because you're you know you're only as strong as your weakest link or whatever. Um, and and so yeah, I mean, you've you've also lessened the load, weakened the load on Michael Gallup, so you can allow, allow him to flourish. And even you know, I said this on um, on a podcast that I recorded that'll go out on Thursday. I mean. At this point, you know, like, do I hope Jalen Tolbert is awesome? Obviously. But at this point, like, he doesn't need to be, right? Like, a year ago, it was like, man, this dude, like, has to come in and, and be, maybe not awesome, but he has to be highly productive or else you're up a creek. And, and they were up a creek to a degree, uh, which is why T.Y. Hilton came in and, and immediately kind of outplayed Jalen. And so now Jalen Tolbert, you know, you just, you want to make two catches a game? Cool. That's fine. Like, that's that's all that's necessary from you at this point in time. And I think that when players have really rocky rookie seasons like that, it can go one of two ways. And to your point, you bring in a professional, someone in Brandon Cooks, who's seen a lot of different things in the NFL. I think that helps kind of stabilize things. I think he's got a good nu nucleus around him. Um, so, yeah, the Cooks trade, I think, was was just a really positive thing. And again, I, I think the most positive thing is how often do the Cowboys admit they were wrong about anything, right? Like th this was them, you know, fessing up like, OK, we, it was stupid. We were wrong. We, we paid the price. And now here we are atoning for our sins. Well, and, and you want to know what last thing on this, um, what I liked about these trades as well is they're not hump players. They're not great players. Stefan Gilmore is a really good player at his position, but what the Cowboys needed were just complimentary pieces to what they already have, right? They're not in search for superstars. They already have enough superstars as it is from the quarterback, from the edge rusher, from the cornerback to the wide receiver. They got all the the positions that you need handled with, and they have superstars at all those positions, but you needed those complimentary pieces to, you know, fill in the holes on this team. And that's what the addition of Stefan Gilmore and Brandon Cooks does for you. And that's why I love these additions so much. Yeah. I mean, they've got a main course, right? Like nobody's like, you know, they've got filet mignon, they've got swordfish, you know, they've got salmon, it's all in the freezer, but like, you know, the side items were running, you know, like asparagus is fine. You know what I mean? But now they've got like some lobster mac and cheese, you know what I mean? Like these are more advanced side dishes that kind of tie the whole thing together. Um, and that's an important thing. Like you, you have to have that. And I think that's why we were really jealous of the Eagles last year. Cause they had that, they had the lobster mac and cheese all the way down. They understood that you need more than just a handful of superstars. You need a lot of really good players. And it seems like the Cowboys finally, you know, put that into action. Absolutely. Yep. I 100% agree. And last thing I want to get to with you, if you had to choose a guy, who do you think is going to break out for the Cowboys in 2023? I mean, that's an interesting question because, I, I take that to mean like somebody who isn't broken out, right? Like somebody who's who's still, I guess, like broken in. Um, I think a lot of people would say Tyler Smith, right? Like maybe he becomes, you know, this perennial, you know, left tackle. Maybe he's like a Pro Bowl left tackle. But um, but I think what will limit him is, is Tyron and, and how they go about that. I mean, you know, we'll see. I think that's probably the biggest question around the team, you know, as we're about a month away from training camp is what configuration they're going to go with. They've, they've kept that kind of close to the vest. Um, so I'll, I'll say I'll be really optimistic um and say i think it's sam williams i mean i was gonna go mossy smith for a minute but but i do think sam williams is kind of lurking there um we know dan quinn likes to kind of have rotational platoons working and operating and so i mean if you give this dude you know fresh opportunities you don't tax him you know with the physical demands of playing kind of snap in and snap out i think that's why he was so productive as a rookie i mean this doesn't tell the whole story i mean because it, it's stupid to just lean on one number but he had as many sacks as Kayvon thibodeau last year right like that's an important thing to say out loud um, so, and if he's your third best pass rusher, 
I mean, and he might not even be right. Like he might not like, because Doran's Armstrong, you know, surprised us all last year, thankfully. Um, so if he's your fourth best pass rusher, I mean, you're, you're really, really living large um, at that particular spot. And so um, I could see him kind of finally, you know, going over the edge, um, having a little bit of more national attention, but, but Mozzie Smith is a close second for me. I think that that does have the vibe of the Cowboys getting to laugh at everybody again, being right in the first round when everybody thought they were stupid. You want to know what? This isn't good radio because I'm going to have to agree with you. Uh, I 100% agree with you. It's it's Sam Williams to me. I think that Sam Williams is on the cusp of breaking out. You looked like he didn't get many snaps in 2022, but the snaps that he got, he was very productive in those snaps. I mean, you're talking about a guy, like you said, four sacks. He had two sacks in a game. He had one against Panay Sewell, who's one of the best right tackles in the league. And he had, he did a really nice pass rush move to beat him as well. So, you know, Sam Williams to me is a guy that's very impressive. I mean, this guy had 10 tackles for loss as well last season. I think he was one less than Demarcus Lawrence. This is a guy that the Cowboys, they need on their defense. He is mean. He's physical. He's not afraid to get in people's face. You know, I love Sam Williams. I think that he's going to be a superstar for this team. I've said that ever since I've seen him in that Detroit game. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And and not only that, I think that he really unlocks this defense, right? Because if you have uh, Sam Williams being able to be a top flight defensive end for you, now what can you do with Micah Parsons? You can do so many things. You can play him as an off-ball linebacker. You can keep him on the edge. You know, uh, you can you can rush him up the middle. You can rush him through a gap. You can do all these different things with Micah Parsons if Sam Williams can be the guy that we think he can be. So, you know, I think that I not only do I think he's going to be able to take this defense to the next level if he breaks out. I do believe that he's going to break out and and be a guy for this team. Yeah, I agree. And I think he benefits. We, we've we obviously seen the Cowboys increase how much they use Micah Parsons as a pass rusher, but I think they understand, you know, we're going to be there in December. We're going to be there in January and, and we need Micah to be there. Right. Like, and, and I think that things like that probably hurt and hinder Micah's chances at things like defensive player of the year. Um, but so in a sense, the way they is a poor comparison, but the way they tried to keep Zeke fresh and, and the way that allowed for opportunities for Tony Pollard. I mean, I think they will, you know, and, you, you hope the Cowboys are blowing teams out right every week to where it's like, okay, second half, Micah, take your pads off. Let Sam Williams kind of handle this for the second half. Uh, but I do think he will benefit just from the perspective of Dallas wanting to make sure that Micah Parsons makes it deep into the playoffs with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. RJ, I appreciate you coming on. Let people know where they can find you at. Sure. No, thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at RJ Ochoa. Um, some jerk had that on TikTok, so I had to put a period in between. Uh, I'm RJ.Ochoa there. Um, blogontheboys.com is kind of our hub for everything that we do uh, and anywhere you look for or enjoy or consume any kind of content any social media platform or you know YouTube or podcast if you search blog on the boys um, we've got some sort of presence there and some sort of content that we're creating on a daily basis and so uh, we're excited uh, for, for another season for another ride um, expecting uh, the unexpected uh, which I think is the official saying of big brother uh, but still it'll be uh, the official saying of the Cowboys as well uh, and really, really, uh, really anxious to see um, how this team finds a way to break our hearts that we haven't seen before, because that's what they always do. Like they, they, will, they will find the most unique and clever way to do it. And uh, we'll be here shocked at the very end. And you want to know what? That's the one thing with this season. If we go out, I just hope we don't go out in an embarrassing fashion again. That's all. That's all I want. Um, what one last thing, you know, they were talking on 105.3 The Fan and they're 100 percent right when they said this. They were bringing up uh 
blogging the boys and you guys find a way to uh, cultivate discussion throughout the off season with your interesting articles. So absolutely go check them out guys. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. All right, RJ. I'll talk to you later, bud. Sounds good, man. Have a good night. Yep. Sit. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun, but that's going to be it for the episode though, guys. If you haven't already, please make sure to hit that like button, subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, leave a review. Five stars would be greatly appreciated, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Please make sure to follow the show and leave a review. We'll We'll see see you next time time on the Cowboys Cowboys Beat Beat Audio Audio Podcast. Podcast.